Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Called to Stand Firm, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Last week, we concluded our examination of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 in verses 7 through 12. Paul spoke of many things. Among them, Paul said that lawlessness was already at work. You have to ask yourself if lawlessness has changed in its influence over 2,000 plus years. At the very least, we have to ask these questions. Has lawlessness modified over time for the better in our present day? Is it worse today than it was in the days of the Thessalonians? How do other social and historical new things influence our thinking today? Do we see things today that were sinful for the Thessalonians as not sinful because we understand them better? Does that make them less or even not sinful today? All these questions, and more, require, even demand, an answer. Furthermore, we see that every kind of evil deception is directed to those who are what? Perishing. Why? because there is no place in their hearts for the truth so they can be saved. Then verses 11 through 12 in Second Thessalonians read, Consequently, God sends on them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false. And so all of them who have not believed the truth but have delighted in evil will be condemned. This week, we examine the five verses of this chapter. Paul's words have been strong and direct. He now makes a two-part conditional statement in verse 13 for openers. We read, But we ought to thank God always for you, brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, because God chose you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. He called you to his salvation through our gospel, so that you may possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions that we taught you, whether by speech or by letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, Encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Second Thessalonians 
chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Notice how verse 13 closes this final segment of this chapter. It says two things. One, quote, We ought to thank God always for you. End quote. Comma. We have brothers and sisters in Christ, like Paul. We should always thank God for them. Is that not what Scripture just said? Paul leading in an example we, today, should also follow? Notice there are no exceptions here. Paul then says, after the comma, quote, Brothers and sisters loved by the Lord, end quote, end comma. Clearly, Paul is speaking to those who profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Now comes the reasoning for these two statements. Quoting, Because God chose you from the beginning for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and faith in the truth. Notice this is a conditional statement with three conditions. They are, one, because God chose you from the beginning. Two, chosen for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. The word Spirit is capitalized indicating the Holy Spirit for certainty and clarity. And faith in the truth. Commentary states, the following important things are affirmed or implied here. 1. That God has chosen or elected them to salvation. The doctrine of election, therefore, is true. 2. That this was from the beginning, that is, from eternity. The doctrine of eternal election is therefore, true. 3. That this was the choice of the persons to whom Paul referred. The doctrine of personal election is, therefore, true. And 4. That this is a reason for thanksgiving. Why should it not be? Can there be any higher ground of praise or gratitude than that God has chosen us to be eternally holy and happy, and that He has from eternity designed that we should be so? Whatever, therefore, may be the feelings with which those who are not chosen to salvation regard this doctrine, it is clear that those who have evidence that they are chosen should make it a subject of grateful praise. They can have no more exalted source of gratitude than that they are chosen to eternal life. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Notice this last section of that commentary passage, quoting, Whatever, therefore, may be the feelings with which those who are not chosen to salvation regard this doctrine. It is clear that those who have 
evidence that they are chosen should make it a subject of grateful praise. They can have no more exalted source of gratitude than that they are chosen to eternal life. In other words, our highest praise should be in nothing else than that of God giving us salvation by mere simple choice. Say yes or say no. Nothing more, nothing less. Remember, if you say no or remain uncommitted, time is running short. Your answer is not permanent yet. When it is, there is no turning back from your eternal destination found in hell itself. Please check our show notes to find the link to our episode, How to Be Saved, for more information. Notice further what commentary says. Keep in mind what the reference, quote, saints, end quote, is reference to those only saved in Christ. Quoting, Lest the saints should be discouraged by the above account of Antichrist and his followers, and fear they should be left to the same deceptions and damnation be their portion, the apostle being persuaded better things of them gives them character and represents their case in a quite different light, and signifies that he and his fellow ministers were under obligation to be continually thankful to God for what he had done for them. For as God is the Father of mercies, whether spiritual or temporal, thanks are to be given to him, and saints are not only to bless his name for what they themselves receive from him, but for what others enjoy also, and that continually, because spiritual blessings, especially such as are afterwards instanced in, are permanent and durable, yea, everlasting, the characters which show them to be different from the followers of Antichrist are brethren beloved of the Lord, or, quote, of God, end quote, as the Vulgate Latin and Ethiopic versions read. They were the brethren of Christ, being the dear children of God, born of Him, and belong to His family, and of the apostles, and of one another, being of the household of faith, and they were beloved by God the Father as the instances of their election to salvation by Him, and their calling to eternal glory. Show, and by the Lord Jesus Christ, who had wrought out for them the salvation they were chosen to, and by the Lord the Spirit, by whom they were regenerated, called, sanctified, and brought to the belief of the truth. And since they had interest in the everlasting love of the three divine persons, there was no danger of their falling away and perishing. That was quite a bit of commentary, but notice this last portion first. 
quote, there was no danger of their falling away and perishing. For clarity, there is spelled T-H-E-I-R. If this is true, then why is there such a modern perception that one can fall out of the faith they have accepted willingly, even if they have presently fallen away? Not a good place to be, for sure. However, does this mean that one can fall away and still go to heaven? I believe Scripture leads us to this conclusion. If that is true, where is such Scripture? It is found in Galatians chapter 5. Verse 13, especially, answers our question. It reads, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity to indulge your flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians chapter 5 verse 13. There it is, although, to some, maybe not conclusive. This passage continues. For the whole law can be summed up in a single command, namely, quote, you must love your neighbor as yourself, end quote. However, if you continually bite and devour one another, beware that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, live by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh has desires that are opposed to the Spirit, and the Spirit has desires that are opposed to the flesh, for these are in opposition to each other, so that you cannot do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, depravity, idolatry, sorcery, hostilities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish rivalries, dissensions, factions, envying, murder, drunkenness, carousing, and similar things. I am warning you, as I had warned you before, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also behave in accordance with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, being jealous of one another. Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 26. Let us look at commentary for verse 13. In a different Bible, that verse reads, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not take that to mean that you can do as you please but work for each 
other because you love each other. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 from Bible in Worldwide English. Now, commentary reads, The meaning here is that Paul wished the false teachers removed because true Christians had been called unto liberty, and they were abridging and destroying that liberty. They were hot in subjection to the law of Moses, or to anything else that savored of bondage. They were free, free from the servitude of sin, and free from subjection to expensive and burdensome rites and customs. They were to remember this as a great and settled principle, and so vital a truth was this, and so important that it should be maintained, and so great the evil of forgetting it, that Paul says he earnestly wishes that all who would reduce them to that state of servitude were cut off from the Christian church. From Barnes New Testament Notes This should bring some clarity to the passage in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Hopefully, you can see better the impressive freedom we possess through Christ. So the question is better stated, I think, this way. If I am saved with such great assurance, then why do I need to follow or even adhere to Scripture? seems to be a point with little, if any, reason. The answer is complicated. The reason being is the fact that many things answer the question. Most prominently, how impressive our freedom is from the things of this world that would bind us. Even our final reward is great indeed. In this regard, notice what commentary said. They were free, free from the servitude of sin. Paul says he earnestly wishes that all who would reduce them to that state of servitude were cut off from the Christian church. That seems a bit harsh, to say the least. Yet, those who were saved and who had succumbed to that influence were not once again unsaved despite their actions based in what unsaved people do. Once saved, always saved, is a difficult subject to properly understand. However, many New Testament parables by Jesus provide further help with this subject. Furthermore, if we want any reward from God when we are taken home, then we need to do something here to attain that reward. To understand more, see the parable of the ten talents. Each person given talents or a talent had to do something with it to attain the final reward. Continuing, someone who is meek and humble does not seek the work of a righteous person simply for receiving a reward at the end of all of this. If there is a rub anywhere in this, that last point is it. We need to do His work in this earth to receive a reward from Him. Yet, 
we need to work for him as if no reward were given. Easier said than done, given how we have been trained in this life to survive here in the meantime. Scripture and even the words of Jesus seem contradictory to this life here. This is a difficult hurdle for us to get over due to how it contradicts what we are taught from our worldly teachers and family that makes perfect sense. We can support our thinking here with Galatians chapter 5, verse 18. It reads, But if you are led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you are not under the law. As I previously stated, our freedom is impressive to say the least. Let us see what commentary says on this verse. Commentary reads, If you submit to the teachings and guidance of the Holy Spirit, you are under a different dispensation, the dispensation of the Spirit. You are free from the restraints and control of the Mosaic Law and are under the control of the Spirit of God. From Barnes New Testament Notes This commentary passage expands on this point in case you need more understanding. It reads, If you be under the guidance and government of the Holy Spirit of God, and that renewing principle of grace which he had produced in you, you are no longer under the law, that is, not under the moral law as a covenant of life for our justification, though under it as an eternal role of living, not under the vindictive, though under the directive power of the law, so that the force of the apostles' argument seems to lie thus. Quote, you are by the Spirit, by the spiritual dispensation of the gospel, free from the curse and the terror of the moral law. How unreasonable, then, is it to suppose that you should be still subject to the ceremonial law? No, if you be led by the Spirit, neither the moral law shall condemn you, nor the ceremonial law oblige and blind you. End quote. From Burkitt's Expository Notes Can you see better? The freedom we have may not be as we might think or have been taught. It is unprecedented freedom from the Mosaic Law, rituals, customs, and other binding things to religious piety or anything else of social law and social requirement. We are completely free, to be clear. However, we are still under a different law, so to speak, that is heavenly in its nature, 
Our problem is the word, quote, law, end quote. The English language fails us in some degree for the right word or words. However, I hope you can see what is being expressed here regarding what does and does not bind us given our choice of Christ as Lord and Savior. Given you are still on the same page with me, some still may be wondering what the point of this discussion is. It is this, quoting, He called you to this salvation through our gospel, so that you may possess the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 14. That should put the bottom line on this topic. However, for clarity, commentary reads, He made the gospel, as preached by us, the means of calling you to salvation. That is, God has chosen you to salvation from eternity, and has made the gospel, as preached by us, the means of carrying that eternal purpose into effect, to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you may partake of the same glory as the Savior in heaven. From Barnes New Testament Notes This commentary passage should put the understanding in your grasp. It reads, Salvation being appointed as the end in the decree of election, and sanctification of the Spirit, and belief of the truth, as means the elect in the effectual calling are called to the participation of each of these, first to the one, and then to the other, to grace here, and glory hereafter and the means by which they are called is the gospel, which the apostle calls, quote, our gospel, end quote, not because they were the authors or the subject of it, for with regard to these it is styled the gospel of God and the gospel of Christ, but because they were entrusted with it and faithfully preached it, and in opposition to another gospel published by false teachers. And by this they were called to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible Hopefully, you can see the tremendous freedom you have once saved under Christ. I hope also you can see that freedom comes with responsibility. That responsibility is to preaching the gospel to whatever degree we are capable of it. Next week, we will continue to study the last verses in chapter 2 of Second Thessalonians. This encouragement is found in verse 15 of our next passage. It reads, Therefore, Brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold on to the traditions that we taught you, whether by speech or by letter. Today, in a coronavirus world, 
Do we still stand firm and hold on to the things we have been taught? Or are we just fearful and seeking only to be in a better place? Regardless of which side you are on, play or download next week's episode titled Called to Stand Firm, Part 2. Download this episode from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on many podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh, East Coast Time, USA. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church 
of the unchurched. 